With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it is a biblical fact. And um, there's many, many scriptures that validate it. We're going to get into that tonight. And anyone that denies eternal hell is just denying God's word. It's like Brother Ashley Kenny says. They're basically just calling God a liar. Okay, it looks like Brother Mark is over with us and um, I've unmuted your mic. How are you doing, Brother Mark? Very good, very good. Man, this this online censorship nonsense is getting really ridiculous. It really is. I'd like to just have my own website where I could do our own broadcast to send people to one site to get all yep. the, every information and then we're done you know what I'm saying but so far I, I just haven't found I just haven't uh, found it okay brother Carl I've unmuted you are you with us now oh yes sir I sure am good good well I'm going to turn it over to Mark and uh, Carl tonight uh, this is kind of their program and um, I'm interested to see what both of them have to say about this very important subject. And so with that, without any further ado, as Brother Mark says, I'll just turn it over to you, Brother Mark. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Well, this is a very controversial doctrine, and uh, there are many scriptures in both the Old Testament and the New Testament about the reality of this place. and. Uh, you know, hundreds of years ago, you know, we even had that guy, what's his name, who wrote the Inferno, Dante, or whatever. But anyway, yeah. but yeah, there are, and and the world's, you know, some of the world's great painters did, did paintings of what they thought it was to be or look like, I guess. But yes, the, the eternal doctrine of hell is real. Um, I will start with a scripture in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it in the authorized King James Version. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 22 to 24. So, Isaiah 66, verse 22. For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. Verse 23, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. Verse 24, and they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. For their worms shall not die. There's that idea neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring to, unto all flesh. Isaiah 66, verse 22 to 24. Praise God, saints. All right, very good. <clears throat> Brother Carl? 
All right. Well, hello, hello, everybody listening. Hey there, Brother Mark. How are you? Very good. God bless you, brother. All right. Well, I'll just start off with some scripture here, and what I'm going to do is read from uh, the book of Jude in the authorized King James Bible. Um, Excellent. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 in the first chapter of Jude, which is the only chapter because it's only one chapter long. But nevertheless, I digress. Uh, Here we go. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of, of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And actually, I'm going to stop right there at verse 3. All right, and that's what we're doing tonight. Mm-hmm. All right, we are contending for the faith. Because like we go on to read in verse 4, there are certain men that have crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. All right, and they are spreading lies and they're spreading heresy. All right, and this, yep. this, this ultimately starts with Satan. All right? Yes. So let us, let us contend for the faith by the grace of God, the word Amen. of God, and, and, and the truth of Scripture. All right, and when and the title of tonight's fellowship is the biblical truth of eternal hell, I believe. And when we say biblical truth of eternal hell, we're talking about the authorized King James Bible, which is the infallible mm-hmm. Word of God. All right, Amen. these other versions are completely corrupt, and they are tools of Satan to attack the inspired and infallible Word of God, just like Satan did in Genesis chapter three. Verse 1, the first words that we ever hear out of the lying mouth of Satan is an attack upon the word of God. All right, we read in Genesis, we read in Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. He's attacking the word of God. And it's the same thing with eternal punishment. He says, has God said that hell is eternal? <laughs> okay, this is damnable. If there was ever a heresy that's damnable, it's this one. And what makes, yes. it, and what, what makes it heresy is it is contrary to what we're taught in the word of God. That's what mm. heresy is. That's what blasphemy is. All right? It is calling God a liar. And that's what people do when they deny the word of God. So let's go to the book of Matthew, to the gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, and we'll read verses 29 and 30. And um, if you want to turn there, Brother Mark, I'll wait on you. Oh, yeah, I'm there. Five. All right. Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verses 29 and 30. And if thou write, I'll send thee, pluck it out, and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. All right, well, as, we move, as we move forward into Matthew, Christ teaches us just what hell is. All right, and I'm going to go to Matthew 18, Matthew chapter 18, verses 8 through 9. 
And he's going to tell us and teach us, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who's God in human flesh, the God-man, all right? He's going to tell us what it is. And he and look, he should know because he made it. He created it, all right? Verses 8 and 9 from chapter 18. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. So we're taught here very plainly what hellfire is. It's everlasting and it's eternal. And this body that he's refer that he's referring to, all right, that he talks about in Matthew chapter ten being destroyed in hell, this is an eternal destruction. And this body is a resurrected body. At the resurrection, we're going to get either a body that is glorified in Christ, and this is for the elect child of God, and the mm-hmm. reprobate are going to be given a new body as well. And this body is going to be capable of suffering for all eternity the punishment that God has decreed upon the reprobate. And when we deny these teachings, when we deny this biblical truth, we are attacking the word of God and we're calling God a liar. And we're exchanging the truth of God. We're exchanging the truth of God for a lie. And that's where I'm at tonight, by the grace of God. Well, that's really good. That's really good. And, you know, you could look at the other gospel accounts of what Brother Carl was just outlining. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just one of the other ones in Mark, the ninth chapter. And he's basically covering the very same thing. But in verse 43 mm-hmm. of Mark 9, he says, If by hand offend thee, cut off, better for thee to enter into maim than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. That's everlasting fire. Never shall be quenched. It's not a it's not a uh, uh, immediate destruction by fire, and that's all there is to it, like a lot of people teach. Because the next verse, we even further reemphasizes it in verse 44, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty uh, simple. And he goes yeah. on and repeats it again in verse 45. And if I put up in thee, cut off. Better for thee to enter a halt in the life than having two feet to be cast in hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. And then, of course, he also says that again in verse 46, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. In verse 47, if I I offend thee, pluck it out. And and also in verse 48, he says, again, where the worm dieth not and the fire, he repeats this over, there's a reason why he's repeating this as much as okay, to make sure that these people that come along, you know, uh, and try to say that hell is not real and and all this other stuff, uh, it's, you know, it's amazing to me how many different accounts say the same thing about everlasting torment, fire never being quenched, the worm dieth not, but yet people want to say it says something 
totally different than that. Um, back over to Brother Mark. Yes, that's the definition of hell, everlasting fire. It never stops. And uh, I believe it's, is it, am I correct, it's also called the lake of fire? Yes, yes. Yes, Very good. absolutely. Yes, that's yep. in Revelation. And, and, and uh, the repetition is to emphasize this eternal truth. Because people are so thick-headed that, that God needs to do drastic things to get people's attention sometimes. And so repetition gets the point home, drills it home, that hell is everlasting, never-ending fire. That's right. That's right. That's really good. So. All right, well, I have another scripture in Daniel, chapter 1 and 2, of the King James Version. So you see, it's, it's not just in the New Testament. It's in the Old Testament also. Daniel, chapter 12, 1 and 2, in the authorized King James I want to say God bless all of our saints listening in tonight. May Jehovah meet you at the point of your need, and uh, he and he will. Thank you, saints. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Verse 1, and at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. And verse 2, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting. There's that word again, everlasting contempt. So there's that word again, everlasting, here in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Praise God, saints. Amen. Go ahead, Brother Carl. Well, yes, um, that, you know, that passage that you were just reading in Daniel is referring to the resurrection. Um, and there are, you know, there are, there are two deaths. And Amen. everybody, everyone, except the people that are alive whenever Christ returns, all right, mm-hmm. is going is going to die the first death. The Bible Amen. teaches us, the Word of God teaches us that it is appointed unto men once to die, and after that judgment. But there is another death, and it's the second death. Um, yes. This is taught to us in this is taught to us from the beginning of the Bible to the end. Um, you were just reading Daniel, and you read Isaiah earlier. Um, if mm-hmm. we go to Revelation. Um, Revelation chapter 20, verse 14, it says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This, mm. is the second, this is the second death. Now, some people will take this and say, See, death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. This means annihilation. That's not what it's talking mm. about. It says death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. All right? And these people... The reprobate that suffer the second death along with Satan and all these fallen angels and all these demonic entities, they are going 
they are going to suffer eternal torment forever and ever. Now, we can't possibly comprehend eternity or what that means, but that's what right. we're being taught here, that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, and this is the second death. If we go down to, ver- to chapter 21, verse 8, we read, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And this is an mm-hmm. everlasting fire like we've been talking about. And when people come against this, all right, like this person did earlier in the week, which is really what God is talking about this now. Um, mm-hmm. What they're doing is they're attacking the word of God. All right. Yeah. And you're have, and, and what this person, Matt Mosteller, has done is he has stuck his fist in God's face and he says, you know what, I'll not have you rule over me. And by the way, God, you're a liar. All right, and he has rejected the King James Bible in favor of something called the Young's Translation, which teaches purgatory. All right, purgatory is a pagan Roman Catholic demonic lie, and it is totally works based. Right, it was it it was through the institution of of purgatory in the Roman Catholic Church, (laughs) where where these people actually charge people money to pray their loved ones out of purgatory and and into heaven, all right? The lie of universalism Mm -hmm. is a satanic satanic deception, all right? But it it appeals to the flesh, all right? It appeals to the flesh, and and this is why. If we go to Romans chapter 8, verse 7, this is what we read. Or I'll, or actually, I'll read verses 6 and 7 in Romans chapter 8. And this is why it appeals to the flesh. All right? For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And this carnal mind that men have, they use it and they charge God with injustice. All right, and they call this guy Matt Mosteller called God a sadist more than once. That's the words mm. he used. He wow. called our Lord, he called our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ a sadist. All right. If we go to Romans nine, mm-hmm. Romans nine verses twenty and twenty-one. Actually, I read twenty through twenty-two. And this is the answer that God gives to Matt Mosteller. All right, this is the answer that God gives to anybody that charges him with injustice of any type. Nay, but, O man, who art thou that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Have not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God... Willing to show his wrath and make his power known, endure with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. And I'll make Amen. one more comment about I'll make one more comment about this lie of annihilation. All right. If God was if God was going to annihilate everything, all evil, if God was going to annihilate the reprobate in hell, why why resurrect them from the grave and give them a resurrected body? Why do that? Amen. 
It's total, right. stu- it's, to- it's total stupidity. And it's a demonic lie from Satan, and it is an attack on the Word of God. And that's how we have to look at this, by the grace of God. We must contend for the faith and the truth of the Word of God, which is the authorized King James Bible only. Amen. Yeah, and I want to uh, <clears throat> just uh, respond to a couple comments that have been made uh, during broadcasting. Uh, you know, Doug, I, Doug White, um, I'm going to read what he's written. He says that God's written account must be enlightened by the Holy Spirit, or it can be the letter that kills my brothers. So that is so true. In other words, but again, what we're saying is that if someone is coming adamantly against the Bible's teachings, then we can no longer call them brothers if they continue in it after they have been shown, you know, what the Bible says. Doug also says, I hope the brother is not saying the child of grace can avoid hell by something we do. We, we are not preaching a doctrine of works. No, we are not. Um, that is the furthest thing from what we are teaching. Uh, and he says, is not plucking out your eye at work. Well, <laughs> I think, again, that's we're kind of getting on into another subject. We can get into that teaching uh, on that. A lot of people have been confused about that teaching, just like the teaching in the 25th chapter of Matthew, where he says, I was hungered and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. And then he says in verse 46, I'm reading out of the 25th chapter of Matthew, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Again, that is a absolute proclamation of everlasting punishment, everlasting punishment. But the thing, back to to, uh, Doug's uh, point, which is well taken, uh, when he says um, the king shall say, verse 34 in, in chapter 25, he shall set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left hand, okay? Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father. That's the key. Come, ye blessed of my father. All blessings are from the father. All good gifts are from above. Notice the next thing it says. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This is all... Any good works that any Christian does are a work of Jesus Christ and God himself. And this is what he starts out by saying. This is the difference between the sheep and the goats. He's going to separate one from the other. And he's going to, he's the one who has chosen those from the foundation of the world to be recipients of his grace. So I just wanted to clarify that because a lot of people do get hung up on that. I actually knew a fella. Um, I, I didn't know him personally. Uh, actually, he was uh, associated with um, uh, my aunt in her church, <coughs> uh, Armenian church. <coughs> and he heard this sermon, and he actually, uh, he actually, I think it was he cut one. He cut his right hand off. Because he actually believed 
his right hand was a, he didn't want to be cast into hell, and he actually followed this through, and he cut his right hand off. Um, wow. There's a spiritual lesson here that we must teach. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not just our right hand. It's not just our eyes. It's not our feet. It's not, in other words, if we have not been a recipient of God's grace, you know, we are going to be eternally um, cast into hell. You know, and it's not, it's not the result of something we did to keep us out of hell. This is a te- this is a Arminian teaching that that is so you know paralyzed, and, and that's why people like Matt get so upset and call Christ a sadist because they say if you don't have any control over your destiny, if you don't have any control over you know, the lust of the flesh and all these other works, then how is it that God has the right to do anything uh, to, to punish you if you can't control your own lust and so on? I've heard that argument over and over and over. <laughs> well, the answer, the answer is, is this. Very, very succinct. All men are without excuse before God. The commandment has gone out. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You know, thou shalt not covet, and on and on and on. And the Bible tells us that those who have have violated God's law, justice must be met. And there's only two ways that justice can be met, okay? One is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ going to the cross for the sins of his people, and that happened. And the other is eternal punishment in hell. Okay? That's justice. Mm -hmm. That's justice. We all, now, we all deserve, like Brother Mark said in the last, uh, like, I mean, Brother Carl said in the last broadcast, we all deserve eternal damnation. Mm -hmm. We... We 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 didn't have any favored status because of some foreseen goodness in ourselves because we were all dead in trespasses and sin. But because of God's mercy, because of His grace, uh, He became the Lamb of God and the ransom for our sin, the perfect sacrifice for our sin. So I just wanted to to point that out. Brother Mark, I'm going to turn it back to you, and then we'll go back to Brother Carl. Okay, okay. All right, I have another scripture. Uh, This is in Matthew chapter 18, verses 6 to 9. This is a well-known passage of scripture, and it contains that idea that you just mentioned also. Okay, Matthew chapter 18, verses 6 to 9 in the authorized King James Version. Verse 6, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged around his, about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Verse 7, woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Verse 8, 
Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet, and to be, to be cast into, there's that word again, everlasting fire. And verse yeah. 9, and if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Okay, there it is. Yeah, Brother Paul. Yeah, I'm just trying to pull this guy's comments back up on YouTube again to write. <laughs> oh. To where, to where I can read this. And I, and I could be wrong, but I think I've seen this guy, Doug White, comment on Nathan Roberts' videos before. Um, Doug, if you're out there listening, I don't know what it was I said to where you would even get the idea that I'm saying that you have to do anything to be saved, that it's of the works of our own hand. All right? <laughs> I mean, plucking out your eye, is not plucking, okay, here it is. It's not plucking out your eye work. Wow. I mean, it's only people like that want to, you know, it's only, it seems to me it's only people that want to cause trouble that's going to come in here and say stupid stuff like that. I mean, yeah. are you kidding me, Doug? It's not plucking out your eye work. Look, man, we do things because of the grace that God has worked in our lives. And we do Amen. things to honor, to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who loved us first. All right, we don't do nothing trying to gain any type of righteousness with Christ. All right, we don't do anything to try to gain any type of righteousness with God the Father except the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ. We're saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. It it is a gift of God. So I mean, I don't know where I don't know where you're getting this, but you're not getting it from us. All right, plucking out your eye is great advice from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's telling us how to walk and live in this evil world. All right, so having said that, you know, the, the believer himself is going to manifest good works. All right, and these good works, we were, we were before prepared to walk in them from before the foundation of the world in Christ Jesus. We're taught this in Ephesians. Great. I'm I'm glad you, that it, I'm glad that you that, that 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 that's great for you to hear, Doug. I really am. All right. We don't preach works here. We preach salvation by grace through faith. And um, so with that, so with that, I'll turn it back over to you guys. Well, yes, and Doug, I know I have been edified by some of your other comments, and um, sometimes I think um, what people are it, it, this format is tough because. We're texting, and then some of us are, are talking and so on, so sometimes it's hard to get a, um, a good communication link back and forth between us. But um, this, is, this is a good um, discussion because this is the biggest issue in so-called Christian, Christendom is works versus grace, you know? And that's what the Reformation brought about. Uh, this discussion. That's what Martin Luther and Calvin and Knox and Tyndale and Gutenberg and all of these people were coming against was the Roman Catholic system of works. And a lot of people will take 
uh, a particular scripture and they'll build a whole doc or a few scriptures and they'll build a whole doctrine of works on it. I've seen it done in the Armenian camp in some passages in James. I've seen do that in even on, <clears throat> the Armenians use that uh, passage to build a doctrine of works off of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I could go on and on and on, but the preponderance of evidence, okay, rests in the question. And whenever I get someone, Doug, that is really upholding the doctrine of works, I have to ask them the, one of the most important questions is, <clears throat> first and foremost, is if they believe that Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God. And of course, naturally, the Armenians are going to say, absolutely. And I'm going to say, you believe that? And they'll say, yes. And I'll say, well, where did that belief come from? Where did that belief come from? See, that's the important question here, is where is the origin of faith? And it's not our faith, it's the faith of Christ, as we know. Where did that belief come from? If they say, well, I guess, you know, I just, you know, I have a free will and and I made a decision that I was going to believe on Jesus Christ and when I believed on Jesus Christ, he saved me. Then mm. what, what they're saying, in reality, what they're saying is the same thing Lucifer, that, that this is what Mar, um, Carl was referring to in the beginning. This is exactly what Lucifer said. I will arise and be as God. They are saying they are God. God is not God. Mm -hmm. And they control their own destiny by something that they don't even have that they say they do have, which they say is free will, which doesn't exist. Okay? That's why Martin Luther wrote the bondage of will. I didn't want to get too far. Uh, but see, here's the thing. This, again, this is why certain people are so hated, okay, when people start proclaiming the ninth chapter of Romans, okay, the children not having done any good or evil, then they weren't born yet, okay, that the purpose of God according to election might stand. Jacob have I hated, Esau, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Now, it, 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 that, that particular passage that I just quoted in Romans 9, um, it answers the question for all of those who are holding on to a system of works. It answers the question. Okay? And the question is, is it of works or is it of grace? It answers the question for you, and it answers it in um, verse 11. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. Answers the question, and then people still want to fight about it. So. I'm going to turn it back over to Mark before I get into a a long tirade. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Thank you, brother. God bless you. 
All right, I have another scripture in the New Testament also. Um, 2 Thessalonians here, verses 8 and 9 in the authorized King James Version. Okay, 2 Thessalonians, or uh, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 of uh, 2 Thessalonians. All right, verse 8, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So there's another proof of the reality of what scripture is talking about the eternal judgment of hell on the reprobate unelect ones who refuse to believe in Jesus Christ because God has passed them over and left them in their sins. That's right. Brother Carl, go ahead. Amen, yes, and we did another... uh, Another great teaching here by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on eternal hell and on and and also on eternal life. Um, here in here in the in the fifth chapter of, of the Gospel of John, verses 25 through 28. I don't want to read the whole chapter, so I'm just going to read 25 through through 28. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming. And now is when the and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they shall hear and live. Now this is talking about salvation of the sinner. All right, so I want to be very careful here, very careful here, so everybody understands that I'm not taking things out of context. All right, this is talking about the salvation of a sinner. All right, because he says, and now is the hour is coming, and now is the hour when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they shall hear, and they that hear shall live. All right? And this is all that the Father has given to him, will believe. All right? You don't have a choice in the matter. If you've been given to Christ, you're going to hear his voice, and you're going to come to him. The free will is a demonic lie from the pit of hell. I digress. Let me keep keep going here. Verse 26. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. This is the resurrection of the dead. Marvel Mm -hmm. not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. All right, this is the resur- this, this is the resurrection of damnation. These people, the reprobate, will experience the second death. All right? And these and this and and these good works that it says here in verse 29 and shall come forth that they have that that they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. All right, these are the believers that have done good works in Christ Jesus that we were ordained to walk in from before the world began. These are not the, these are not our own works. All right, these are Christ's works. The very faith that we have is the faith of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But very clearly here, our Lord and Savior teaches us that the day's coming, the hour's coming, all right, when all that are in the grave are going to be resurrected. 
and some unto eternal life, and some unto eternal damnation. Um, and to deny, you know, people like Matt Mosteller, who call God a sadist, all right, like they've done, all right, any, you know, anybody who who charges God with any type of injustice like that, all right, has not experienced the grace of God in their life. All right, when, when when you experience the grace of God, the first thing that happens to you is He shows you your sin, and mm-hmm. and He does that because and He does that because He's gracious. All right, and you see what you are before Him, and and when you see what you are before Him, the last thing that comes to your mind is charging God with anything, because you know that yeah. you are a sinful creature. Deserving every single one of us deserve to die and go to hell. Every single one of us, and the only reason that we won't is because He was gracious enough, and it pleased Him according to His purpose to save some. Amen. Amen. Well, just to reiterate what Brother uh, Carl was saying there in First Samuel, um, you know. Hannah is praying, and uh, I'm not going to go through all of her prayer, but in her prayer, the sixth verse, she says, The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. Well, you can also see that reiterated in the 75th Psalm. Again, uh, I have often thought about, you know, those that want to take credit for anything they've done. <clears throat> Psalm 75, 7. Um, well, let's just start with verse 6. For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He put it down one and setteth up another. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of the situation. That's what he means. That's what um, exactly what the Apostle Paul means when he says, hath not the potter power over the clay of one lump to make one unto honor and one unto dishonor? Now, what if God, willing to show, and he goes on through the argument there, and he answers, he answers people who charge God with being a sadist or unrighteous. You know, he answers them. And he his answer is amazing because his answer is, uh, Thou wilt say uh, then unto me, verse 19, Why doth he yet find fault? Or who, for who hath resisted his will? And Paul's answer is, Who are you to reply against God? Mm-hmm. God's the one that formed. That's the one that created you, and you're going to ask him why he made you like this? And so he goes on and just makes it clear that God has has made some as vessels of wrath fitted for destruction, and he's made others of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. And, And that's where we put our hand over our mouth and stop. That's the answer. Okay, uh, go ahead, brother, uh, brother Mark. Okay, 
I have another scripture in New Testament. This one is in Revelations uh, chapter 20, uh, verse 10, in the authorized King James Version. Verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. There it is, the lake of fire. Was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Okay. That sounds eternity to me. Eternal torment. Don't want to go there. You know, I was in a fellowship. I'm not going to mention where. Um, and I didn't. I didn't uh, know these people really well. Sometimes you have to get to know people, but just like we had to do with Brother Matt, you kind of have uh-huh. to get to know them before we understand what it is they actually believe. But it it usually comes out. It usually comes out. But anyway, this this fellow claimed that he was. Believed in sovereign grace, and there was a number of other people there that were in the fellowship that, that said they believed the same thing. They believed um, that the word of God was infallible and inspired, and so on. And uh, oh, about uh, the uh, the second year, I went down there. I went down there two years. It took me two years to figure this out. I guess wow. I'm not as I guess I'm not as good an investigator. Now, I didn't have contact with this guy all the way through the two years, okay? But I was—I actually went to his house, and uh, I actually slept overnight in his house and stuff. And anyway, it came out one time when it was in private. He never said this openly in public. Now, he may be saying it now, uh-huh. but he asked, he asked me privately, you know, do you actually believe that eternal hell, do you believe in the concept of eternal hell? <laughs> he, and he looked at me like, you know, like it was a concept. And I said, well, what do, you, what do you mean do I believe in a concept? He goes, you know, do you actually believe that God would fry someone for eternity? Do you believe that's a just God? Yeah, that's exactly what he said. So that, he says, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. And he says, you know, yeah, it's just to God to, to, God to punish sin, you know. That's just. And, you know, let him, let him destroy him, you know, let him, let him destroy him. But for him to put them in an eternal hell, is that just? Well, you know, you can imagine where it went from there. And you know what? If somebody gets off in one area of the Bible, they start getting off in a lot of other areas as well. And it wasn't long until, you know, of course that pretty much ended the relationship. But, you know, since that time he's denied a lot of Scripture. Denied a lot of Scripture. And this is a person that proclaimed to be sound in the sovereign grace of God and how he would not go into any of these organized religions and they were all compromising, but yet he was compromising. What's the message for us? We need to examine ourselves continually that we're in the faith. Okay, Amen. and that we're not we're not 
you know, there's actually a, a verse in the Bible. I'd have to look it up. But Paul is talking about swerving, <laughs> swerving from the faith. That word is used, swerving. Like going down the highway and seeing a, a squirrel in the middle of the highway, you swerve not to hit the squirrel, right? And, you know, we're living in times where we're, we're being bombarded by every amount, every imaginable kind of false doctrine, false cosmology, false uh, Christology, false eschatology, uh, you name it. And so we have to, we have to be on guard. Um, go back to Brother Carl. Yes, well, you know, like we, like we read earlier in Romans chapter 8, verse 7, the carnal mind is enmity against God. And it's not subject to it's not subject to the law of God, and neither can it be, all right. And it's only the, it's only it's only the person that hasn't experienced the grace of God that is going to charge God with any type of injustice, all right. right. And Matt Mark, you know Matt Mosteller, whenever I heard him say the other day on that video, you know he said basically this is what he said. He said, um, I believe that God is so sovereign that there's not going to be anything that God has created that's going to go to hell for all eternity. That it's going to be a and this is he this this isn't anything new. This demonic lie has been going on for hundreds of years, maybe even a thousand almost a thousand or so. I mean, a purgatory and this universal atonement lie. All right, to where right. it's this it's this purification process. All right. right. That is so vile and evil. It comes straight from the devil. Okay, if God could, if God could reconcile the world to Himself, every single person that's ever lived. All right, I'm gonna use that context because. Uh, <laughs> all right, if if God could do that, if God if God could do that through some type of cleansing, or by laying the rod on somebody and correcting them then why send our blessed Redeemer down here to suffer persecution mm-hmm. and be scourged to death and nailed to the cursed tree like that? All right? Mm-hmm. So, to, even, to even suggest that is so absolutely vile and disgusting, I don't really even know where to start. I will start here, I guess, like I did at the beginning of the fellowship. And I'll say again. All right, when we say biblical truth of eternal hell, we're talking about the authorized King James Bible. And this is the infallible word of God. All right, these other versions that you must go to to get, all right, annihilation or purgatory or any of this other nonsense, these other versions are corrupt. And they're tools of Satan to attack the word of God, just like he did in Genesis chapter 3, the first verse. The first words that we ever heard out of his lying mouth was an attack upon the word of God and nothing's changed and it's still going on today. All right. Yeah. And we, you know, and those that go to hell are the goats that he does not love and view my kind brothers. Well, yeah, I mean, God has, God, God has created some as vessels of mercy because it pleased mm-hmm. him to do so. And he created some as vessels of wrath fitted for destruction because it pleased him to do so. All right, and it's only the person, it's only the sinner that's been made to bow. Like, you know, like we always say, we don't give a king a try, we're made to bow. 
It's only the sinner that is saved by grace that is made to bow before God and acknowledges that and says, you know what, God? Thank you for showing me what I am. And you are righteous in all of your judgments. All right? You're righteous in all of your judgments. Amen. Amen. Guys, I think that's a good place to uh, kind of bring this to a closure. I think we have uh, we have used numbers and numbers and numbers of scripture through the truth of, Bi- of the Bible, and we're coming up on the on top of the. Uh, well, we've been involved in this now, going on 54 minutes. Um, <clears throat> I want to remind people that. We will be worshiping again this Sunday, not because it's Sunday, because it's just a, uh, a particular day when we we uh, actually do it on 10 o'clock in the morning and 6 o'clock in the evening. And uh, so we welcome you to uh, to participate in that with us. Um, and then next week, we're starting uh, on Wednesday night, we're going to be doing the final of the five points biblical points of grace, and that is the final perseverance of the saints. So we're going to be covering that. And then I don't know what the guys have planned for next Thursday night, but I'm sure they'll come up with another great topic. I think this has been a really good topic. You know, a lot of people don't want to talk about it. Amen. And and we should be talking about it because people need to know, okay, the realities of what eternity is. It's either eternal bliss for God's elect or it's eternal damnation for the reprobate. <clears throat> so, pretty simple. Um, yes, so I, that's really all I have tonight. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Mark and, and Brother Carl to kind of bring it to a conclusion and then we will uh, we will close out this broadcast for tonight. Go on, guys. Let Brother... Uh, okay. Brothers, go ahead have, and anything. Go ahead, Mark. I have one final scripture for the for the evening, and it's in okay. the same chapter that I quoted from earlier, Revelations 20, verses 14 and 15. And here's what Brother Carl was talking about earlier. Revelations 20, uh, verse 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And then verse 15, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So there it is. And that is my final scripture for the evening. Praise God, saints. Amen. Thanks, Brother Mark. You got it. All right. I'll just try to wrap this up quickly. It's going to... It might take me about five minutes here, but I'll try to do it quickly. And I want to say one more time, the act of plucking out thine eye, all right, or cutting off of thine hand if it offends you, because it's better off to enter into – it's better off to go out of this world maimed and with one eye than to end up in eternal damnation. The act of plucking out the eye or cutting off of the hand is not a work. This is talking about removing something that is making us stumble. And this can yes. only be done by the grace of God. It can only be done by the grace of God. So nowhere in this broadcast at any point in time have the three of us at all suggested anything about doing some type of work. Not once. 
And with that, I'm going to read a portion of the 18th chapter of Jeremiah, and then I'm going to read one more portion of Scripture. That's okay, and I'll call it a night. And look, everybody, I'm trying to tone it down. I know that I upset people, but, I mean, I'm passionate by the grace of God, and I'm contending for the faith by the grace that he gives me, and for that I will not apologize. Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I I not do? Cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. Everybody, we're all the work of God. We're the work of the potter. And whether whether we are a vessel of wrath fitted for destruction or a vessel of mercy prepared unto glory, unto good works in Christ Jesus from before the world began, All right, this is entirely based upon the sovereign purpose of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's created everything after the work of his own hands. But I'm going to tell everybody out there tonight, by the grace of God, there's nothing good about me at all. But if any of us are able to see our sin and what we are before God, that is the work of God and his grace in our lives. And brothers and and sisters, there's, there's nothing in this world better than that. Better than the better than God bestowing His grace upon us. Um, Proverbs sixteen four says, "The Lord hath made all things for Himself, yeah, even the wicked for the day of evil." And uh, <laughs> truly, He has. And I'll just say one more time, um, I really enjoyed the fellowship tonight, and I'll close out my end here with the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, verses thirty five through forty, and verse thirty five. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I'll raise him up again, and I'll raise him up at the last day. I love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Thank you. Brother. Thank you. Well, listen, uh, Doug, I, I saw your comment, and I agree with it. That Those that go to hell are the goats that he does not love, in my view. Yes, that's absolutely the case. The only ones that go to hell are the ones that have not been loved by God. The only ones that go to hell are those who have not been recipients of his atonement. of His, And that means that the only ones that go to hell are those for whom he has not died for. And I do agree with your statement. Nobody can get to the uh, Lamb's Book of Life to put our names in it. <laughs> we can't put our names in it. In fact, our names were in it before the foundation, yeah. before we were even born. So, um, right. yeah. Well, listen, uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us tonight. I want to 
uh, just take a, a brief moment, uh, if I could, and recognize uh, a couple people that uh, I may have oversaw. I want to thank Helen Combe, Helen Coon, for joining us tonight. Uh, Rick Batoric, thank you for joining us, and thank you for all your comments throughout the program. Uh, thank you, Oscar Graves, for joining us, as well as uh, Linda Busby Trotter and Mashira Shalian from from Jerusalem tonight. Thank you for being on the program with us. And also, uh, I want to uh, recognize, of course, our dear brother from Australia, Ashley uh, Kinney, and Andrew Brown from Topeka, Can or Wichita, Kansas. And if I missed anyone, it's not on purpose. I always like to thank everyone for coming on and listening to the truth of God's word. A lot of people don't have a hunger, a uh, hunger for the Bible. And so when anyone comes on this program and we're going through the Bible, it shows that there is an interest in the things of God. And uh, David, thank David, you. thank you as well. And Jim Kohler. Um, and there's a number of other people that I'm sure I cannot uh, acknowledge all of you, but if I didn't see you, it's not purposeful that I ignored you. So with that, uh, brothers, I'm going to say good night. Brother Larry? Yes, go ahead. One more thing, brother. Uh, Saints, please keep praying for the Phillips family at this time. And Saints, please continue to pray for Brother Carl's mom, Reba Sandage, that God would pluck her out of the lying system of organized religion. Thank you, saints. God bless you. And pray for Brother Mark, too. And, <laughs> Thank uh, you, I, and I just want to say as well to Doug White, no need to apologize. Um, and it was nice to have you here in the fellowship with us. And as long, you know, and you seem to believe in sovereign grace. And, you know, we do as well. So we welcome you back. Um, and it was good to have you. God bless Amen. you, Doug. All God right, bless you, guys. Too. Good night, and we'll see you Sunday morning. And Sunday we morning. will be on God's grace being in the matter, which his grace is in all matters. Yes. Um, I will be uh, with you in the morning devotionals as well, as long as we don't get taken down from YouTube or Facebook. But God Amen. can as well. Good night. <laughs> God bless. Love you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.